Hey there, everyone. Welcome to episode number 15 of the Lead Volunteers podcast. We are thrilled that you're here. I'm your host, Jeff Reining. My name is Josh Denhart. Thank you guys so much for joining us. The Lead Volunteers podcast truly exists to help you, the ministry leader, turn volunteer pains into ministry gains. Mm -hmm. We want you to get skills, get inspired, and get moving. Absolutely. You got to have some skills, right? But we want you to get inspired to remember that it's worth it, right? But we also want you to get moving. I get it. Those skills, if they aren't being used, what's the point? We want to propel you forward toward ministry greatness by giving you some skills so that you can get moving. Mm -hmm, exactly. But right now, real quick, what I want to do, I want to press pause and just thank all of you who have been really become our faithful listeners. Yeah. Josh and I, we've been incredibly shocked and happily shocked by the response of the podcast so far. And we're just so thankful that you're tuning in, taking the time to listen to some of the things that we have to say. We've received some fantastic reviews and shout outs, and it, it really does encourage us and helps us get excited and want to keep providing you with contact that will get you these skills, get you inspired and get you moving. Absolutely. The response has truly been amazing. Um, and I would love it, quite honestly, if you would share the Lead Volunteers podcast as a resource to other people that you might know. Our commitment is uh, is to make this podca podcast short and to the point. Uh, we're committed to staying on task and not veering off into like absolutely unnecessarily mindless chatter, right? Mm -hmm. at, le at least too Some often. <laughs> we do it every once in a while, but it's, a while. it's good. But we, oh, yeah. we really want this podcast to be like a 20-minute conference breakout session in your back pocket. Some listeners catch an episode over lunch hour. Some listeners, they tune in on their drive home from the office. But regardless of where you're listening, they, these are short information rich podcast to help people in ministry get organized retain volunteers and hopefully prevent that ministry burnout i couldn't agree more and jeff uh i'm having fun bottom line all of you who are listening we are actually super 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 grateful that you're that you're a part of this mm -hmm. We're, we yeah really hope that you feel that gratitude from us today and i have to say i'm having a lot of fun too Amen. but let's move on to today's topic uh it's it's a little messy maybe you're <laughs> Remember from last week, you've been looking forward to this one all week, I'm sure. But the title of today's podcast is The Poopy Stall Principle. And yeah, I, w I wasn't kidding when I said that this one was going to be a little messy. But And I'm sure that's not the last poop joke that you're going to hear during this yeah, really. minutes. But that's right. You certainly grabbed my attention with this uh, maybe provocative title. So could you help help us step into the... Well Step right. into yep. step into the poop on this one. <laughs> Again, they're first. just they're just gonna keep rolling. I yeah, think. we just but got started. Why don't you help us get started and talk about the, the this principle stall principle? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to start off by saying that no one likes messes. Nobody. We all want to avoid messes. Nobody likes them. Nobody wants to have a mess to clean up ever. Period. But this can be a trap, and that's why I called this the trap of the clean stall. Sadly, in ministry, so many people think, if you want the job done right, do it yourself. By doing it yourself, you definitely are avoiding messes, but you have just stepped into the trap of the clean stall. Hmm. So this trap, it sounds like you're saying that people that unknowingly step into this trap by trying to avoid messes, because again, and I'd agree with this, no one likes messes in ministry. Right. It seems like a lot of times it'd be a lot easier to just do it yourself. Um, almost sounds a little counterintuitive right. to avoid doing it yourself, if that's what you're saying. But could you explain this a little more and uh, maybe dive into the proverb a little bit yeah, that we're getting yeah, into yeah. here? So Proverbs 14.4 reads as follows, where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, 
but much increase comes by the strength of an ox. Okay, so in the ancient biblical world, animals brought a massive advantage. To have an animal meant that you could get way, way, way more accomplished. So today, we would refer to as a car, a car as to having a certain amount of horsepower. Well, in times past, an animal brought with it a certain amount of power, power to increase the harvest and to get the job done. Well, here, the writer of Proverbs is referring to ox power, the power and advantage brought through the strength of an ox. Mm-hmm. Which is really, it's a trade-off. On the one hand, you get a significant increase through the strength of an ox, yet with it, you get is the mess, the, the poop. You get some good old-fashioned ox poop that comes with it. So is that's kind of what you're saying? Here? Absolutely. It, it, it is exactly what I'm saying. Having ox power at your disposal means that you're going to have an increased amount of ox poop. Yes, oxen poop. <laughs> <laughs> Plain and simple. Here's the deal. If you want the adva- if you want the advantage giving power of a pair of ox to till your fields, great. It comes with poop. Mm-hmm. Very true. So why don't we take this farming example a little further? The the farmer, they really have one goal, and that's to create the best and biggest huge harvest that they can. For sure. So the smart farmer knows that having a pair of oxen, it's going to result in a far greater harvest, which is a big win. Absolutely. Now, let's talk about uh, the wise farmer's neighbor. Now, this farmer, the neighbor, he absolutely hates messes. He does not like poop. And I mean, who does, right? But we have two farmers here, one with oxen one without oxen. Let's compare the alternative for just a little bit. So the second farmer has no oxen and therefore has an amazingly clean stall. Yep, so there's a clear line drawn between these two neighboring farmers. On the one hand, you have have more harvest, but with a poopy stall because of the animals. And on, on the other hand, you have a perfectly clean stall, but a diminished harvest. Absolutely, here's the deal. Our goal in ministry is not a clean stall. Hmm. Our goal in ministry is a huge harvest. A, a, a natural side effect of a, huge har- of a huge harvest are messes. What do you want? Do you want to have a super clean stall over a bountiful harvest? Listen, I got to tell you, a tidy stall in and of itself is a bad trade for a compromised harvest. Let me shoot straight with you. I... Josh have a well-managed case of OCD. I literally crave order. If you're in ministry, you probably do too. I hate disorder. And yet the calling of the harvest trumps my neurotic desire for order. <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. It's really easy for people to desire order and have that cause them to fall into the trap of the clean stall. It's, it's almost like our desire for a non-messy ministry can really short-circuit the biggest goal of a huge harvest, which is interesting. And so I guess my question is, how do you see this playing out in a ministry context? I, I get it that we want a huge harvest in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. I think we could all agree with that, but help me and our listeners uh, kind of tie this together yeah. uh, to our ministry context. Yeah. So, so let's take this little proverbial analogy a step further. Okay. So you're a ministry leader. You are essentially the farmer. You can't and don't want to do it alone. You need help. Volunteers can bring great strength and accomplish more of the harvest than you can by yourself. And yes, I'm equating a volunteer to an oxen. Yes, or an ox, whatever. Well, an oxen, ox and people, they're both living beings. Both of them, an ox and people, they bring messes. Farming, like ministry, is just messy. Getting 
other people to partner with you in ministry can get messy. Incorporating other folk into the mix, it absolutely complicates things. Mm -hmm. I, I think we could all agree that you can do it alone in ministry. I think maybe there's a lot of... You know the ministry leader out there who who's trying maybe has the big head or the yeah big chest, but even just the person who feels like they're kind of trapped and they have to do it all alone. But we need people to labor with us. We do the the church is it's never going to be able to pay or to have all of the jobs covered. I mean, if you think about it, your church there's probably ninety five percent of the volunteer or volunteers and five percent are staff members. And right. We. We really can't do it alone. We need volunteers. You're exactly right. But volunteers complicate stuff. Am I right? 100%. I think <laughs> we could also all agree there. They, they cancel at the wrong time. Yep. Sometimes we expect volunteers to do it one way and they might do it another way. Not to mention all the labor and work needed by the staff members to keep making sure that we're all rowing in the same direction. You're exactly right. It gets complicated when the team that you need to do big things are not paid. Mm -hmm. That's why volunteer leadership is so hard, right? So then the big question is, how, how do we do it? How, how do we keep the main thing the main thing? Yeah. Well, this is the real question, right? I mean, we must define our goal of the harvest over and over. Our ultimate goal is not a clean stall. Our ultimate goal is reaching the lost. The best way to do this is through building up the body to do the work of the ministry. Our ultimate goal is not order for order's sake. Our ultimate goal is the good news of Jesus Christ, going deep into the hearts of people, and that's going to bring messes. Get used to it and get over it. Mm -hmm. And I, I do want to bring us back for a moment because I feel like we would all agree with that. The harvest is the ultimate yes. goal. But it doesn't always seem to override our neurotic desire to avoid messes. <laughs> like every, everyone listening agrees that our goal is the harvest. We, we want to see people yes. reach people for Christ. That's, that's our goal. No one's questioning this. But we all tend to hate messes so much that our default setting is to just do it ourselves. Why do you think that is? Uh, very simple, Jeff. I think it's control. We all want control. And loosening our grip on the steering wheel and allowing somebody else to drive freaks us out. Now, listen, I have teenagers, and I have personally suffered the pain of trying to teach them to drive. It is <laughs> unbelievably unnerving to sit next to them and allow them to explore the concept of driving a two-ton piece of machinery. What? Yes, well, there are times that I want to stop everything and take over like a backseat driver, or we just kick them out of the way, right? So, but when I do that, they don't learn how to drive. Teaching them to drive was messy. It took time. It completely stressed me out. They made mistakes, but over time, they started slowly to get better. Now, think with me for a moment of the long-term benefit of having multiple drivers in my house. The day is coming when my daughter will no longer need me to drive her to Target to get her school supplies. Her being a well-equipped driver, it allows me to do something else while she's driving herself to Target. Now, think about it. If she's 25 and doesn't know how to drive and she still needs me to escort her around, I've done a serious failure to myself and all of society. I need to release control. Train volunteers. Allow volunteers to do the work of the ministry and be in the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, too, as a youth pastor being part of my job and seeing just working with teens, I, I do not envy teaching teens to drive. Do not look forward to that part of my life <laughs> down the road. Um, I got to say, it was a lot harder for my wife than it was for me. Really? She's, yeah. She's probably listening to this and be like, what? But it was true. She, she, like, I was just a little more go with the flow. And I think 
you know, she had to do a lot more of it because I'm not going to get into it at all. But at the end of the day, it like she. But it, even it to know your different personalities, different personalities and to know that you're more of a go with the flow person, yep. and yet you still have that control. Oh, I still I was freaking out. Everyone has that with their ministry too, where right you can be a pretty nonchalant leader, but still have that desire to maintain control. And I think it's just important for us to remember that the more drivers means an overall easier life, but it does come at a cost. <laughs> yes, it, it a does. Bit of a cost. I would say more gray hairs, sore hands, <laughs> sore hands from gripping the dashboard. And it would seem easier just to kick them out of the way. Mm-hmm. Right. And to take over and drive us home safely. Um, I, I got to say it, uh, uh, it in a, in a, in a short term sense, it's true. It would be easier faults in the long-term sense. The same thing is true with our volunteers. Listen, they likely do not know everything there is to know about doing a particular job in the church. You probably do. Here's the hard part. So many leaders want to aggressively reach over and grab the wheel, kick the volunteer out of the driver's door, and do it all themselves. Volunteer leadership takes time. It takes patience. It comes with messes. Therefore, people inadvertently thwart their own future by trying to grab the wheel it's Mm -hmm. not cool yeah training it can be draining but it really does have that longer term payout the they said the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few and the sad thing is when the workers are few because we as ministry leaders (laughs) don't let other people take part in our ministry because we don't like the feeling of losing that sense of control that's that's not a healthy place to be that is not a healthy place because you said it just right the harvest is plentiful the workers are few part of the reason why the workers are few is because a a neurotic obsessive ministry leader is not letting other people do the work yeah we can see the we can see how not healthy that is yeah okay but here's the thing we can have order as we achieve a large harvest, hang on. If you're listening, we can have order as we achieve an, as we achieve a large harvest. I am a seriously orderly dude. I am uncomfort with messes, but my uncomfort with messes it shall not short circuit great harvests. Listen, if you want order more than you want the harvest, uh, you're going to probably find yourself doing it alone. Doing it alone is equal to a white for harvest field with no one to get the job done. The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. The more workers means the more messes. We as farmers must manage the messes. We must rise above the stall and the poop in that stall to see the vision of a great harvest. Do you want a harvest more than you want order? Well, absolutely. Therefore, we'd better embrace the idea of a poopy stall. Don't fall into the trap of the clean stall. Mm-hmm. We need to rise above the mess to see the mission, right? Yes. I, I think this message today on the podcast is probably resonating deeply with a lot of leaders. At least I hope so. It, yes. It feels like uh, something that a lot of leaders would resonate with. I think so many of us fear disorder, but enlisting volunteers, it does not have to be disorderly. There there are ways to have a system and a process, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we can bring order. But I got to tell you, we can actually rob a volunteer of an opportunity to lay up treasure in heaven because we're trying to do all the farming ourselves. Listen, Mm -hmm. the harvest is waiting, but we and our neurotic desire for order can control things and actually rob somebody of putting up and laying up treasure for heaven in heaven for themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think when order is our main goal you see an orderly ministry it's it's no trade for a huge harvest no question no question uh, i gotta say i'm gonna say it again real quick proverbs 14 4 reads where there are no oxen 
the manger is clean. But much increase comes through the strength of an ox. Now, I got to tell you, I want the strength of a team. I am willing to have messes. Having a team brings humanity close to me. Bad breath, B.O., the whole bit. Here's the deal. Humans are filled with issues and messes. Now, Jeff, a little bit ago, you shared with me when you were brought on as an intern and how the senior leaders of that other church, what was like, like five, eight, ten years ago or something, mm-hmm. they were kind of like, eh, to, to the youth pastor, like, eh, maybe don't do that. To explain that whole story, would Absolutely. you? Absolutely. So the senior pastor of our church, Mike, he was... The, the senior pastor of our church now. Currently, yes. yes. He was my youth pastor. And so as I went off to college, I kept volunteering for him. Um, but eventually for my in seminary, I needed uh, an internship. And so I talked to him and our church. It was a larger church. There were a couple thousand people, um, but it didn't have an internship program. And yeah. so Mike was trying to get that off the ground. And so he went to meeting after meeting and he fought long and hard yeah. using this principle. Really, I, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> where I am in ministry without the poopy stall principle because right. Mike saw... He fought for it. He did. The The ministry leaders were like, oh, you don't need interns. You can do it yourself. And we don't we don't really want to add on this burden. They were seeking a clean stall. Wow. And he himself recognized that, no, 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 no. I'm not seeking a clean stall. This is going to be work. Yeah. Like, the, he's like, I'm not trying to find a path. These are two inexperienced college kids <laughs> yeah. that I'm trying to bring on. It's going to add a lot of mess to my work and create a lot more work for me. So I guess this is a little different angle, but he just saw the value of pouring into other leaders to help build them up. So I really, I wouldn't be where I am as a leader if it weren't for Mike fighting for that opportunity for me to make a mess for him, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a sense, uh, you know, I think that those leaders that were above him were saying, oh man, I don't know if you know what you're getting into. Mm -hmm. That's messy. And two, I think it'd be helpful for us to all... I feel like all of us in ministry have someone who has mm-hmm. at some point done this for us You're and, exactly and remembering right. that we haven't always been the great leader that we think we are all <laughs> yeah. the time. And it, it took people sacrificing and um, cleaning up the mess yep. that we may have created for us to get to where we are. And so maybe having that perspective could help us to applying this principle into our ministries. Okay. Now we're probably going to talk about this sometime later, uh, but, but Jeff, you're a tall guy. Mm-hmm. Six, 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 six. Very good. We can't be the ball hog. Like you probably played basketball because you're six, six. Did you ever play basketball at all? I did. I was terrible at it. I'm a way better <laughs> hockey player and okay. golfer than I okay, am. Okay, but a even in hockey, player. right? You can be a puck hog. Mm-hmm. Don't be a puck hog, right? Mm-hmm. And so these other leaders were like, "Oh man, man, it's gonna, it's gonna be a big, it's gonna be a mess. Don't start an internship program. Trust us." And he was like, "No, no, 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 no. You trust me." I'm willing. The the mess is worth. Absolutely, yeah. You don't don't want to be too afraid of the mess that we right because you've stepped into this the trap of the clean stall. Mm-hmm. That's the that's exactly. how paradoxical it is. We think that a clean stall means that we're doing it right, folks. I don't agree. I just don't agree. It's paradoxical that it's going to come with messes, and this is humanity that we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think. That's something that we've all experienced in our own upbringing as leaders and hopefully something that we can bring into our own ministries. Yeah, and and I got to say, Jeff, what you said a second ago was really important. Can I look back at my own life and be like, dude, somebody gave me the ball, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, 
Pastor Mike, when he was youth Pastor Mike, he gave you the ball. Mm -hmm. And you may not have dribbled that well, but you got better. It was because he wasn't so obsessive about making sure that it was perfectly polished. It's okay. Give people the ball. Mm -hmm. Hey, listen, I am unwilling as, as a person, as we close this off today, I'm unwilling to seek to lead in ministry alone. It Number one is inefficient. Number two, it is lonely. Number three, I got to tell you, it's not biblical. And beyond, beyond all of that, it's simply not fun. I am a huge like fun fan. I am a fan of having fun. Fun is a value to me. And I'm willing to have messes and get the job done and have fun with people. Mm -hmm. Well, there you have it, everybody. The poopy stall principle. <laughs> uh, really hope you take this one home with you and uh, can apply this into your ministry. And now we'll explain in more detail the, the how to recruit these volunteers in future episodes. But today we really wanted to emphasize the principle for you to hopefully be able to ingrain into your ministry culture. And so as we come to the close of another episode of the Lead Volunteers podcast, we just want you to do a couple of things. The first one, we want to invite you to subscribe to the podcast and then also just check out leadvolunteers.com. Absolutely, man. We are so glad that you've joined us. I know today was kind of fun, the poopy stall, but we're really glad that you joined us. Mm -hmm. And now before we go, Josh, you've created a new resource that you're offering to ministry leaders that could really help them out. Could you tell us a little more about this? Absolutely. Lead Volunteers is an online master level course and downloadable implementation implementation system for you, the ministry leader, to get organized. Stop the revolving door of volunteers and prevent your own personal ministry burnout. Listen, the poopy stall, I get it. But remember we talked a little bit ago, Jeff, about how you don't have, to, it doesn't have to be chaotic. It doesn't have to be disastrously messy to involve others. Mm -hmm. I got to be honest with you. One of the ways is having a proven system and a proven pathway to onboard train and then retain volunteers there is a proven plan that can work that makes it just a little less messy mm -hmm. yeah and the lead volunteers course it, it really does that for you as someone who uses it in my own ministry context i can attest to that that it's a lot easier to plug and play in my own ministry than feel like i have to figure out how to do all of this on my own and so go ahead check out leadvolunteers.com learn more put in your email you'll get three free videos and get you started on how to implement this stuff so thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast we'll see you next week <laughs>